Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. And today we're talking with Susan Latramoy about nine steps to a rich life retirement. Uh, Susan's a wealth of knowledge, and I think she may just be our first returning guest. We had her on in May of 2021 when this book was uh, a concept, but now she's on to share the, the full book, the nine practical steps on how to live your rich life. Susan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. It's good to be here with you again. Yeah, it's it's great to see you, and I enjoyed uh, reading this book. You even sent it to me ahead of time. I got to write a little, uh, I don't know, if endorsement or testimonial right. blurb. Testimonial. We'll call it a blurb. Yeah, <laughs> a testimonial for the uh, pre-published edition. Yeah, it was great. I appreciate that, and it was, it was fun to read. Well, for the people who aren't familiar with you yet, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Be happy to, Jeremy. So like Jeremy, I was a financial advisor, actually 38 years in the business. And uh, I built my practice really with people who were looking to save for a robust and wealthy retirement, and those that took their financial affairs seriously and wanted to work with a professional advisor. So my role was really to help them plan their financial futures as well as manage their wealth. And along the way, having built long-term relationships with people, I noticed that a lot of my clients as they transitioned into retirement weren't as happy as they expected to be when they retired. A lot of them looked forward to the day where they could, let's say, go to Florida and play golf or not have to get up to the alarm clock or spend more time traveling, only to find that after they'd done a bit of that, it wasn't as sweet as they anticipated. So I decided then to exit my practice and I sold my practice to a colleague and focus primarily on the non-financial side of retirement lifestyle planning. So that's really a bit of my journey, Jeremy. And that's what led me to where I am today and to write to this, writing my second book now. Right. And you've been using this term, the, the rich life. Can Tell us more about that. Sure. Yes. Back in 2006, when I was an advisor, Again, my, a number of my clients had wealth, but often were in the game of just accumulating money for the sake of making money. And they weren't really connecting their money with what their money could do for them. In other words, money can be a wonderful en enabler to help you live a better lifestyle and help others as well. But I saw this disconnect. So that's what prompted me to coin this phrase, the rich life which really means, or we call it the three cornerstones for a rich life are live well, give back, leave a legacy. So the rich life, live well, give back, leave a legacy. So the name of my first book was The Rich Life, Managing Wealth and Purpose. So I was on to this idea many, many years ago. And then now as we work solely with people transitioning into retirement, the thought came to me, I better update the book and make it relevant to those people transitioning and newly retired. Yeah, and you've got those three areas, the give back, live well, and leave a legacy. That's part of your 
nine steps, but you have a, a few other ones. And the, one of the first ones really uh, struck me, you call it the rich life mindset. So just tell me what's, what is a rich life mindset? Why is that important? How do we even get one? <laughs> yeah, good question. So a rich life mindset is, is really the belief and the striving that you can truly live well, that giving back maybe is part of what you want to accomplish in your life and leaving a legacy, how you want to be remembered. So some people, when they retire or transition to retirement, have kind of a, <clears throat> a, a stale or a stagnant mindset, one that they think, well, I'm over the hill, I'm too old to do anything new. And we think that at this stage, having a rich life mindset is really the key to having a great retirement. So that's how I came to this idea of adopting this rich life mindset. So let's dissect each of those tenets a little bit more. So what I mean by living well, well, it means different things to different people. Some people think that having a great family, having a beautiful home, enjoying a nice lifestyle is living well, but it's really up to the individual to define it. Then when you talk about giving back, it doesn't necessarily have to mean financial or donations. For a lot of people, it could be volunteering, mentoring, somehow sharing what they have with others, whether it be knowledge, resources, or time. And the third aspect of a rich life is leaving a legacy. What I noticed is that as people age, they start to think more about how they want to be remembered and how their legacy will be viewed as people read about them in, the, let's say, the obituary in the newspaper. Again, a legacy doesn't have to be financial. It'd be in the form of having a great family, raising good children, good grandchildren, and so on. So I really like people to think when they think about living a rich life, to frame it in those three categories, live well, give back, and leave a legacy. Yeah, we're going to dive into some of those, but I, I love what you said there, that the rich life mindset is just a belief you can live well. And I think people who are 20 or 50 or even five years old need that belief that, uh, it's, especially we're I got a feeling most people listening are in Western culture, like we're in North America. We're all pretty much living well. We're listening to this on a thousand dollar phone, right? This is a, <laughs> That's uh, right. we're doing all right on the money side. Most likely it's not uh, a lack of money. I think sometimes it's the lack of mindset for a lot of people. So I, I appreciate that. That's one of the first things you talked about is this mindset. And I, I like that just a belief that you can live well is so important. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, I want to dive into that give back one. Uh, we're big fans of generosity, but just tell me more. Why, why is giving back actually part of the good life or the rich life, as you put it? Yeah, I think, you know, I think as human beings, we all feel better when we share something we have or give something to another person. And it doesn't have to be a great big deal. I mean, it could be that you had a great meal in a restaurant and you decided to just tip that waiter a little bit more than you usually would. Or perhaps, you know, somebody did something nice for you, like buying your coffee in the, in the Starbucks lineup. So you decide, okay, I'm going to pay it forward and give it to the, pay for the next person in line. So these little things that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis that help others, I think we derive a lot of pleasure. In fact, sometimes it really makes your day when you do something small like that. So giving back doesn't have to be, you know, having a, a huge, making a huge donation or giving thousands or millions of dollars, it can be really focused on doing something for someone else. And sometimes that's in the form of time, 
It could be in the form of knowledge or it could be in the form of resources, your money or other things that you have to share. But I do think that that whole concept of giving back is part of really living a rich life and giving, let's say, strength and foundation to the human experience. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be big. I'm just thinking just recently, uh, we've got our neighbor, he just turned 16. And I had these books in my office. Hey, I got them right next to me right here. Let's see. I lost them. Where did they go? But it's called Make Your Bed, right? It's by this admiral who just gave a great, uh, he gave a great commencement talk. And it was around just kind of the, doing the little things and just setting your habits forward. And so this, this uh, kid turned 16. And I thought, I've got an extra one of these lying around. Uh, he passed his driver's test. Let's just congratulate him. Why Why say, you know, add a boy and just pat him on the back? Why not just give him a a book? And then I I, I did that. And he said, uh, he said, thank you. He's very thankful. And he, he thanked me. He said, I, I don't know if I ever said thank you. I'm sure I did. But you remember like seven years ago, you gave me this other book. It was San County Almanac, which is a nice naturalistic book. And it's kind of Wisconsin. We're in Wisconsin here. He said, I, I've read that so many times and it's really like pushed me on the path towards like his career choices. He's big into, you know, biology and nature. And I thought I had completely forgotten, like, here's a book that I was going to throw away to Goodwill. And I thought I was going to give it to my, uh, you know, this, what would he have been nine years old, nine, 10 years old. Like here's give it to a 10 year old. Cause he seemed to have an interest in it. And he remembered it for the past six, seven years. Like he's probably gonna remember that for his lifetime. And then probably. I'm remembering that now for my yeah. lifetime. Like that's just. You know, what, what if I spent like two minutes and less than $20? It probably was not even $20. It's books I would have maybe thrown away or given to, to Goodwill. But uh, that was just something that, you know, that's a little thing. But I, yeah, I but just... it's a perfect example. And look what it did for him. And look what it's doing for you, even retelling the story, lighting you up as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So I really believe that giving back can, it just benefits the other person. It benefits you, the giver. And as you say, it doesn't have to be a whole big financial investment. It can be something small and something you don't need anymore. But, you know, as we go through life, we really never know how we impact other people. So it is lovely to hear those stories and to know that he told you that too. And yeah. I'm sure you've had uh, situations where someone's done something really nice for you and you've remembered it all your life. So it just it just helps to foster goodwill and nothing needed more than that kind of attitude and approach in today's society. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that I, I had two other recent, uh, why I had the book close by, of course, now it's out of my car, I think I uh, put it back there because two other friends of ours have kids turning 16. I thought, wow, this is such a big smile from him and me. Like, let's just keep it going, right? And so that's why I had <laughs> the book right. close by. I just grabbed two more of them to, uh, yeah. to do well, that. Well, in, in, in the book, in the chapter on give back, I do have some stories of people and how they've given back and what it's meant to them and to the people that they've helped. So definitely yeah. worth keeping it in mind and having a look at the stories for more information. You got it. And we'll definitely uh, have links to the books. Everyone can find the book. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to say it right now. I usually wait to the end, but Anyone who's listening and wants a copy of Susan's book, the first three people that email me, it's podcast at kylefp.com. Send me an email and we will mail that book straight out to you. So that'd be a, that'd be a fun thing to, uh, to interact with people on. It's Jeremy Kyle here. And I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. 
we broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com. Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Good. Well, I'm going to move back from out of giving back because one of the steps you had, I'm just going to say it shocked me. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, when I saw the title, I think you might know which one I'm thinking of. We'll see. But it's a step called Describe the Last Year of Your Life. That seems shocking to me. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I think in, in some ways we all have an idea. We have a fixed idea of when we think we're going to die. And, you know, oftentimes it can be because of a parent or parents, the life expectancy in our family, what our genes are. And, you know, with modern medicine and all that we know about healthcare and lifestyle, we don't have to follow the prescription of previous generations in defining how, how long we're going to live. In fact, I think today it comes back to that idea of mindset. So think about how you want to be the day before you die. And when I've asked many people this question, they say, well, of course, I want to be healthy, vibrant. I want to have my cognitive abilities surrounded by friends, by people that I care about really living that rich life. So then you say, well, if that's how you're going to be the day before you die, then why would you want to die? Mm -hmm. So it really gives that whole notion of living longer, of having a better life for a longer period of time and doing all the right things that you need to do. That's part of the living well, taking care of your health, eating right, sleeping right, exercising, all those things that we know to do to help us live well. So that's why I call it that we talk about that, um, that you know, living longer, extending your life and thinking about how you're going to be the day before you die. Yeah, and I, I like that. It gives you a couple things too, because I'm thinking right now, if if you plan out the last year of your life, and I imagine it's not like, oh, I went to the post office and I uh, bought the groceries. Like it's it's probably more grander and meaningful things than your normal day to day. Like why wait until the last year of life? That's part of me that's thinking uh, of it. Another thing is just what you said that so many people have this, virtually everyone has a date in mind. Like they know exactly when they're going to die. Obviously you don't, but like people ha ask them for a date. They have a date. All the studies show that whatever date you have in mind, on average, it's five years too early, right? You're, right? you're thinking of your aunts and your uncles and your parents and your grandparents, and you've got 20, 30, 40, 50 years of medical advances on them. You probably didn't fight in Korea and World War II. You probably didn't uh, smoke the number of cigarettes that your grandparents did. There's so many things that are adding on to your life that just imagine if you have this date in mind of when you're likely to die and then you get there and realize you have years upon years left. Exactly. It's like you didn't have a plan for it. And what are you going to do when you're living past your expiration dates if you didn't plan for it? And just this description of the last year of life is, is going to be a helpful plan for it too. It's also really yeah. important. I just, um, just psychologically, and of course I'm very interested in psychology because my wife is a She's an elementary school counselor, so she's got her master's in education psychology. But one of the biggest issues with people saving for retirement or making plans for the future is they have zero connection to their future self. Like it's just, oh, that's somebody else's problem. 
well, that's somebody else is going to be you. And so describing that last year life really just gives a emotional attachment to who you are going to be down the road. And you'll probably treat yourself better today because mm -hmm. you know it's going to affect this person that you're describing out, uh, exactly. whether that's five years from now or 50 years from now, you're describing out that person that's you down the road. I really love that, uh, that chapter. Good. That's great. Yeah. I think it's really important at whatever age that you have a purpose to being alive. And I think when, um, people don't have a purpose, then, you know, life kind of gets boring, you descend into poor health and then you might end up dying earlier. So having a purpose or purposes in life is vital. And I know when people are working, that work provides a lot of purpose that many people share. But when your work goes away and you're no longer that executive or business owner, or teacher, whatever you were, then you have to replace the purpose that you derive from your work with something else that gives you meaning, a reason to get up in the morning. So that's all part of that living longer, that extending your lifetime is living with meaning, finding purpose, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be as grandiose as saving the rainforest. It can be doing all those small things that we just talked about. Yeah. Big P and little P purpose. That's right. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, of course, you mentioned you have been a financial advisor. I'm a financial advisor now. And so I was, I'm also a former physics major. So anything related to like data and planning and steps, I love. And so I was not surprised to see one of the steps was uh, create your plan, but it's all the way down at the bottom. Like, why would you create your plan virtually last? Well, you have to figure out what you want first. And that's part of the work that we do is helping people make that plan, creating the plan. So there's a lot of thinking and input that goes into it. The first being, and I talk about it in the book, is really having a deep understanding of what drives you, what your motivations are. And at this stage of life, as you transition into retirement, it's important to look at your lifestyle priorities. What do you really want out of life? Do, or did you love working and you want to still be in, let's say, a leadership role where you're making money, you're visible, you've got people recognizing you and coming to you? Or are things more important to you, like, like being part of a community or being uh, working for humanitarian causes? or having a great bigger social life or more involvement with family. So it's really important to identify those lifestyle priorities before you create your plan. Otherwise, you're just buying into someone else's idea of what your plan should look like. And that's one of the complaints I get from a lot of retirees. When people know they have lots of time on their hands, they get recruited for all sorts of things. And then at the end of the day, they say, well, I was really busy today, but I don't really know what I accomplished. So when you've done your own homework first and then you create your plan, it's easier to stick to it and not get thrown off course by what other people want from you. Yeah. And I wasn't intending on doing this, but we're talking about planning. And so might as well throw my own plug in for fivestepretirementplan.com. So that's a place that uh, we put together all our resources of here's the steps you ought to take when you're ready to create your, uh, your plan. So that's fivestepretirementplan.com. But of course, you mentioned, Susan, working with retirees, the people you talk with. Tell us what you do kind of on a day-to-day -day basis for, for your own work. How do you work with people? Sure. Well, first of all, we work with financial advisors such as you to help them implement tools and resources for their clients, just as you're doing today, Jeremy, by spreading the word through your podcast that there's more to 
being a financial advisor than just the money piece, but actually helping your clients achieve that rich life mindset and live a rich life. And then there's the the aspect of actually consulting with clients. So when people are struggling with the fact that yesterday they had a big reputation and a big title and they were the go-to person, it's almost like they go from who's who to who's he overnight or who's who to who's she overnight. And people, especially really high achievers, struggle with that transition. So what we do is we help them take them through a process where we first identify their lifestyle priorities, help them think in terms of that rich life mindset, and then come up with their happiness portfolio. So that's our model that we help people create for the eight parts of life, not the money piece, because that's up to you as a financial advisor, but the other eight aspects of life that are so important to people to live that rich life. So once we help people create that plan, we're there to make sure they implement it by doing check-in calls and so on. So that's part two of what we do. First, working with financial advisors, then we work with clients directly. And then part three in a new program since we last spoke was a corporate program. So we're finding now that financial institutions, banks, RIAs, investment firms, are saying, you know, we need to put in place tools and resources to help our advisors work more closely with their clients. And so our corporate program is for companies that want to adopt our resources and our tools and so on to work with their clients and their clients, the advisor. So it's very much predicted that integrating these more lifestyle-oriented approaches into a financial services practice is the way of the future. And we're right there on the, let's say, the leading edge, helping people think that way and then do something about it. Yeah, you definitely aren't even doing it for a little bit of time ever since you sold off your financial advisor practice and that's finding right. just different ways to connect to people. That's right. Yeah. And of course, yeah, that's right. You're, you're ahead of the game because you're this pre-COVID. Ever since COVID, everyone's kind of reevaluating their life, which is a, a nice thing to be doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> COVID was actually quite a disruptor for many people. I always say that COVID was the dress rehearsal for the retirement you don't want to live. That's right. (laughs) Either because you saw maybe loved ones, people pass away earlier than they should and said, you know, if I'm not happy doing my job, then maybe I should think about retiring. So I have this time ahead of me. And for other people, they were so bored of staying home and not being able to get out and do things during COVID that they said, well, if that's what retirement looks like, I don't want any part of it. So what we have seen overall is that that um, COVID definitely was a disruptor in many people's lives when it came to retirement. And certainly there is the financial piece. And, you know, number one, step number one of my nine step process is ensure you have the right financial resources, enough money to retire. And that's where you come in with your work, Jeremy, is helping people ensure they have the right financial resources to take them through those many years ahead. Yeah, definitely. And if you have those financial resources, you just have the kind of more ability to to breathe, just take time to to work on some of these things that are more important than the money. But it's like you need the money to have the time sometimes. To even, exactly. Uh, the two go the hand in hand. And people yeah. always say they're two most valuable resources, of course, other than their health and family, is their money and their time. You yeah. deal with the money, we help with the time. <laughs> oh, I like it. Good. But we're going to have to remember that phrase here because that's a, I think that's a great connection between you and I. That's awesome. 
Good. Well, Susan, I have uh, one more question for you. And of course, we were talking about kind of the work you do. Uh, before I get to that, that last question, tell us what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Sure. Well, you can email me directly at susan at nextchapterlifestyleadvisors.com. Or we have a website, nextchapterlifestyleadvisors.com. So that's another way. If you're interested in the book, Nine Steps to a Rich Life Retirement, it's available on Amazon in hardcover, also in ebook or Kindle form. And I've just finished recording the audiobook, and it'll be up on Audible within the next month or so as well. So the book is, has my contact information as well in it. And I just want to add that I wrote the book specifically to be read quickly. It's short and sweet. It's not one of these books that's going to pile up on your bedside table that you're going to get to one of these days. It really is something you can read on a plane ride or in an evening and so on. So it's a great way to get a snapshot of what it takes to live a rich life. And it takes you through that the nine steps to actually get there. You know, I've got young kids, not as young as they used to be, right? But they... Uh... I've got young kids and I was reading the book and it was great that being in the the different steps, you could kind of read one step at a time if you got sure. five, 10 yeah, minutes the here chapters there. are short and approachable. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And of course, uh, Susan mentioned how to get those books, but you can head to our website, retirement-revealed.com. Send me a contact form. And again, the first three people that uh, send me a message, I will send out that book directly to them. Good. All right. Final question, Susan. And we'd love to have you just tell us something about yourself that few people know about and remember, this podcast is rated clean. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make it very clean. And that is that I'm a huge vegetable gardener. I have a cottage up north in the lake area. And uh, because the animals usually invade the garden, the deer and the rabbits and everything, I put the vegetable garden on the rooftop of my screen porch. So I climb up my circular staircase to the rooftop. <laughs> And I can grow fantastic carrots, tomatoes, lettuce, and everything. So most people don't know that I'm a, I'm a rooftop gardener, especially for vegetables, edibles. That's my passion. Oh, that's great. I love that. I read that in your, your bio and I just assumed, oh, she must live in the city and has a garden on the roof. And no, that is uh, somewhat the opposite. That's, that's a great way to go about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Susan, for, for coming on the show. This has been a, been a blast. My pleasure, Jeremy. See you again soon. Yeah, we'll definitely see you again soon. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.